I was reading after some of this uh, earlier this week, and it's about uh, there's some things that we can have hope beyond, and uh, hope beyond, I was reading some other uh, studies, hope beyond callousness. Did you know people can become callous? Did you know people can become cold? People can become indifferent? People can become, uh, we can become lazy spiritually. And uh, look at 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful, in other words, having pity upon each other. Be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing knowing that you are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. Now, let me go ahead and qualify uh, the context, because after you get into, uh, beginning with about verse 13, it starts talking about suffering, and much of First Peter is about suffering. So this is Christians undergoing hardships. Christians undergoing difficulties. He says in verse 10, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that they speak no guile. In other words, how do we react whenever difficulties, adversities, tough times hit in your life, when people or against you, when you feel like you're at the end of your rope, or whatever the hurdle may be. As we keep reading, let him eschew evil, that means put it away, do good, let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Five pieces of advice tonight on how to have hope so that I'm, I'm not bitter when the world turns against me. I'm not bitter whenever I feel like, I, 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 you know, I'm trying to serve God, but I keep running into a wall. I'm trying to serve God, but I, I, I keep falling. I'm trying to serve God, but uh, I keep running into people that maybe seem to be against you. They may be against you at church. They may be against you in your own family. They may be against you at church, you feel like, or whatever. Folks, we've all run into that, your pastor included. Number one, as for the injustice, so I feel like, man, I've, I've received, uh, what if all of a sudden you find out you have cancer? Or all of a sudden you find out that you have uh, uh, somebody that you thought was your friend, they're not being very friendly, or all of a sudden something Terrible. You got fired at work or laid off. Also, a huge catastrophe. You thought you had money in savings, but all of a sudden the car breaks down. The transmission costs $2,500 to get it fixed. Well, no more money. Or if you're really living right, transmission goes out and you've got a dollar in the bank. You know, that's when you know your back's up against the wall. So I've got this injustice as far as the injustice is concerned, the Bible says we need to consider ourselves blessed. Verse 8 and verse 9. 
It says, And all of these things, verse 8, going through all that, not rendering evil for evil, verse 9, but contrarywise blessing, know, knowing that you are thereunto called, what does the last part of verse 9 say? You've got a blessing coming. But folks, when you're at the end of your rope and all life seems to turn against you and everything's going wrong in your life, it doesn't feel like a blessing, does it? <laughs> As uh, you know, you think about Joseph and all that he went through with blessings like these, who needs enemies? <laughs> if this is a blessing from God, talking about suffering, the world is against you. May we be suffering for righteousness. Everything that you go through, realize this, that God is in control. I'll never, and neither Karen nor myself will ever forget the day whenever we were in the emergency room with my son Caleb, who just sang the special up here, and I appreciate it so much, Caleb. Whenever we were in there and we were waiting, and they, they, they did the CAT scan, and he's sitting there basically out of it. And they come out and they say, he's got a brain bleed and we need to rush him to the closest neurosurgeon that we can find. To think that... And the thought came over me. I'm no better than anybody else who's been in my shoes before me. But God is in control. It was kind of like a, was, was a fine hair's difference between peace and panic. And many of you have been there before. A fine hair's difference between peace and panic. God is in control even in the midst of panic. And of course, as you can see, he turned out fine. By the time we got to Shreveport, LSU Medical Center in Shreveport, the bleeding and the swelling of the brain had stopped. Still had the CAT scans to prove it. Stephen did this with a prayer on his lips. A deacon Stephen, if you will. The Bible doesn't call him that, but that's what the description fits. In Acts chapter 7, I mean, think about it. People are after me to kill me. In Acts chapter 7, verse 54, when they heard these things, these, he was preaching to his own countrymen. They were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their, with their teeth. What does that mean? Yeah. I mean, that's angry when you want to bite somebody. And eat them, chew them up, spin them out. And that's what they did. And they picked up these rocks and over in Israel, been over there, there's big rocks, little rocks. They weren't stoning them with pebbles. And then he looked up into heaven. And he said, Father, lay not this sin to their charge. How can you and I respond to that when people can't? Let me ask you this. There's two types of forgiveness. I've preached this before. You can say, God, I forgive them, but you kill them. Take care of them. Or 
we can say, God, I, I forgive them and I want you to forgive them too. Matter of fact, God bless their life. Somebody that's against you or, or the world, the work at school, you feel like you're the, you're the only one left. Nobody at school is going through what I'm going through. There's been others in the Bible that said that. As for the person is concerned, if there's a person that the cause of your calamity or distraction, you're stumbling as a child of God, the Bible just says, do not panic, do not worry. Again, God is in control. Verse 12 in our text says, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. If you're living for God and you're going, it seems like through hell on earth, And literally, speaking of that, we just saw a physical description. I think a preview. Folks, I think it's going to be, you know, I was looking back at the statistics and everything. I read that tsunami that just happened in Japan. Literally, people are thinking that whenever they're getting radiation poisoning. Explosions are happening. People are dying. The whole town's 9,500 missing. Did you know that the Bible says when that one that one that happens in the tribulation period, not the one at the end, but the one that happens during every mountain and island on this planet move. And then the second one, every mountain and island cannot be found. I think this what what we saw was just a as a matter of fact, I contacted Brother McElmurray, just filling him out on it. He said it's going to be like a raindrop hidden in a pond compared to what God is going to unleash during the tribulation period. Now, that sounds pretty bad right there. He said, I mean, just think whenever a whole tectonic plate moves, and that was just one little little bitty fault line in the ring of fire. That's what they call the area around Japan. But whenever we feel like we're going through... All of this stuff, remember, he says, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and His ears are listening to your prayer. Folks, don't count yourself out when you think you're all alone. As for God is concerned, verse 15, now we didn't get that far in our reading. So you're going through tough times in your life, you feel like... I'm at the point of being bitter. Folks, some people have not only got bitter toward others, they've got bitter toward God. Did y'all know that? I mean, I can, I can blame God for what I'm going through. He's, he could have stopped it. But folks, I don't care what you've been through in your life. I have not met anybody who's been through what Job went through. And we'll read about him at the very end. I'll get there. His 401k was shot. <laughs> Retirement account. Well, here's something that's hard to do. And have you ever thought about verse 15? You're going through this and you suffer for righteousness sake in verse 14. Happy are you and be not afraid of terror, of their terror, neither be troubled. What? You've got to be kidding me. Happy? That's crazy, preacher. Crazy talk. No, I'm just reading out of the Bible. Verse 15. I want to ask you tonight, what does it mean? 
to sanctify God in your heart. Just take out that phrase. There weren't, you know, I've shared with you. Y'all know there weren't, when Peter wrote that, it was a letter. There were no chapters and verses. <clears throat> you know, I know that's Old English, King James, all that. You could Sanctify God in your heart? What does that mean? It means is, and what is the context? Because later on, I have used that verse many times to talk about defending the faith. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you the hope of the reason that's in you with meekness and fear. One of the verses I require of my evangelism.